What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode eight of the Jungle Podcast. I'm Carter. I'm Matthew. I'm Steven. And we got special guest, uh, our longtime friend Joseph Kellum in the building here. Hello. Uh, Hello. <laughs> no plug, no no, no shameless self-plug. Follow no. me on Instagram at josephkellum11. I don't need to follow. Follow me on PSN at joseph11834. Yo, shout out to hot dogs that kept me fed. <laughs> First and foremost, rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. Rest in power to the king himself. Quite honestly, I think it caught everyone by surprise. Like, yeah, I don't that think. was yeah. a shock, to be honest. was not I expecting like that. His his. Um, PR team must have had an A1 job if he had something like stage 3 cancer and like it was just not known about for 4 years especially when you mm-hmm. think about how big of a platform, a platform he's been on recently with Black Panther you know oh, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame for that to not have hit the public is incredible true icon yeah a, a lot of people um, wow I'm blanking here sorry somebody else talked what was I going to say God, blanking Wikipedia in front of you no I know I was what did you say what was the point you made I was going to bounce off that He's a true icon. I just said, rest in peace, rest in power to Oh, no, we were talking about um, how, how no one knew. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes. Like, a, a lot of the people that he worked with, like, the directors and stuff, they, they've been pointing out, it's like, he had this illness the entire time. Like, he, was, he would have been diagnosed while working on Civil War, and then he did Black Panther, Endgame, and Infinity War, all while battling cancer, and to no one's knowledge. Yeah, like which is just absolutely wild. Especially thinking about you know the off-camera things leading up to that, like his physical transformation for Black Panther, right? Like gaining mm-hmm. muscle and putting away that is hard anyway. But think mm-hmm. about when you're undergoing chemotherapy, how difficult that would actually be yeah. for no one to actually know that he was going through ongoing cancer treatment during that time. Yeah, is just really a testament to his dedication as an actor. Hmm. Yeah. I mean that too, but it's like you know when you're going through this, you kind of want privacy. Yeah, I mean everyone has the right to that, right? Yeah, I think it. I mean it's unfortunate that like you know Ryan Coogler and like yeah the whole crew. Well, I mean not necessarily the whole crew, but like you know the Marvel like kind of family didn't know. Yeah. Because now it's like it kind of just catches everyone. Off yeah. Time. Not <laughs> only is he gone, but like he's you know he's left a void. Like yeah. for anyone you know listening, all of us here you know who are recording right now are all pretty big marvel marvel fans we love you know all the heroes all these storylines and as a fan you know you are a bit kind of not disappointed but you know you're you're sad to see that the character isn't going to continue and you are you do kind of question like was it the right call for him to not let anybody know because now you know that whole universe is missing has a massive hole to fill that's going to be really hard to explain but at the same time you know it is his own business and his right to keep it private. Yeah. so mm-hmm. you can't you can't really question him on that i don't think anyone's questioning no. him on that really like first of all the fact that you had stage three cancer progressing to stage four and you still looked completely normal up until like Basically, the very I think there's mm-hmm. bits and pieces here where people are like, er, earlier this year, thin, yeah. yeah, there were some yeah. pictures that people were like, "Is he okay?" And I think the speculation was that it was like for a role kind of thing. Yeah. And now yeah. people are obviously realizing that's just a cover up. Chalk that up to thinking like he obviously put on muscle for his Black Panther role. Like he could just be, yeah. he could have just been losing, right? Like, like you see Michael B. Jordan now; he's still a big guy, but he's not as big as he was when he was filming Creed mm. or filming, yeah. you know, filming uh when he was playing Killmonger. So like you, you see actors go through the different body changes pretty regularly especially nowadays with how 
popular it is for actors to undergo massive physical transformations for roles. Like, yeah. It's not the most uncommon thing when you world. have cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for that reason rather than just for role. I mean, I think the first time I noticed something was at the end of Endgame where they're, where they're all at, like, Tony Stark's funeral. You see him standing there, and he does look, like, significantly skinnier than does he normally he? does. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think at that point, people were speculating, okay, maybe he's, like, slimming down for a role. Because it wasn't, like... Yeah. It's not necessary, right, for, like, a two-minute cameo yeah. for him to bulk up for three months yeah. to just be on screen for it, 30 seconds. Like, yeah. yeah, and it, it wasn't as bad as, like, some of the more recent pictures you've seen. But mm-hmm. it was, like, you could definitely still tell, like, his face was very flush, like... Yeah, no, th- I, I'm recalling some, I don't have them up, but I'm recalling some of the pictures from earlier this year, and it was like... It was him on, like, a webcam almost, right? Like, he was... Um, I, 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 I can think of the picture in my I head. recalled some of him just walking around, like, they were just, like, paparazzi photos, oh. and he, he did look unhealthily thin. But, um, I have a tweet from James Gunn here. I don't think, uh, Co- or, uh, not Coogler, sorry, uh, Bozeman, I don't think Bozeman was ever in any gun films, but, uh... He says, I've had a hard time wrapping my head around this since last night. Not only that Chadwick died from colon cancer, but that he had the entire time I knew him and did the amazing work and lived the life he did during that time. So it's like, I, I remember, I or not I remember, it was only a day or two ago, but uh, when his death was announced, people were speculating, like, is this something that, like, at least the higher-ups at Marvel knew? And uh, Kugler just released his statement, I believe it was this morning, and he said, like, I I didn't know about it. Um, James Gunn, like, it's more surprising coming from Kugler since Gunn didn't work with him at all. But yeah, it's like, if even Ryan Kugler didn't know, it's like, that really was something that uh, no one seemed to know about. I've seen some speculation about, like, if Feige knew, like, um, people just talking about, like, when you take a role like this, just the insurance involved, like, uh, on your life as an actor, um, if that was something that, like, would have had to be been disclosed to them. Um, I don't think Feige has said one way or another. Has he given a statement himself? He has, and I don't believe he mentioned if he knew or not. Um, not that it really matters. But no, but it is, just, it like... Is, it is quite impressive to see that, A, no one really knew about it, and he was looking that well. And, yeah, yeah, it's the thing that you can't help but wonder, and it's, like, not to be incentive to the subject obviously Chadwick Boseman's life and death as a person is the main point here but most people obviously know him as Black Panther people can't help but associate like okay well now what's the future of his character so people do wonder it's like did Marvel know about it like was there a plan here or like okay we're keeping up to date on your health and how it progresses and here's the different ways we can go like is that a conversation he had with Marvel because if he chose to in theory, he could have, like, planned this out with him, with them. Like, the future of his character where, like, here's what we do, here's what happens if I die at some point, and here's where we can go with the character. And in that way, he could have had some control over the future of Black Panther beyond his own life. So now I'm I'm interested to see uh, where that goes. I, I think that would have been nice if that was the case, but at the same time, because of how private it seems he was with it, I kind of doubt that's the case which i mean it is unfortunate but obviously his choice so you know what what happens now happens but uh i'm at least glad we got the one black panther movie because oh, sure. that was well i mean yeah, i'm sure we're gonna get more the character film. and the entire you know well the one black panther yeah. movie with him exactly. i mean with him and just like 
how with how popular just Wakanda has been in general in the Marvel universe, they're going to continue it because just of how important it is both to the universe and also just for representation, right? So yeah, they're definitely going to continue it. It is sad that it's going to go on without him, but I mean, they can still do so much with it. That, yeah, like, I, I doubt that that was that now though. That's their main issue they have so many options. yeah and i've seen a lot of speculation that sure you will just become the black panther which seems I mean, like the most like likely case but yeah yeah i mean a, in terms of a plot and story point yeah they also have a very yeah. talented actress yeah which Sheriff, so. like uh, leticia wright is her name right yes yeah yeah, yeah. which i mean again like if this was something they had known about and given that coogler didn't know i'm guessing this was not something they had prepared for but had coogler known they could have in theory filmed some sort of like contingency scene almost where in a future movie they could have already had like a transition of the character if that was something that like Bozeman wanted to do I think that would have been I mean interesting they, to see they might have been just not disclosed because again you know that would have kind of given away that something was wrong with Chadwick Bozeman if it wasn't something you wanted known then well it's they, it's they the couldn't f- disclose that at all right? yeah I mean it's the fact that I, I feel like anything in, like that, like a transition of the character being mm-hmm. prepared, would probably have to involve Ryan Coogler. Oh, yeah. So the fact that he straight up said he didn't know, I think that kind of dismisses a- any possibility that m- m- there was a plan for this role. That's beyond why I honestly think that it, like, I think he just didn't tell anyone yeah. at Marvel. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it, it, like, honestly, even more impressive. Not only that he. Uh, the few people he did tell it never yeah. got out but also that he was able to hide it like that is not an easy thing to hide yeah so the fact that he carried on and he was also releasing other movies at the time too. Like, yeah he, out, he, was in Defy Defy he did defy floods Lee. earlier this year he did 21 bridges last year yeah it's like he has not been like a a chill actor he's been, no, he's been fucking hustling actually like i'm i'm still in awe at the fact that like you can have a stage three, four cancer and still look like decently healthy and be, you know, filming all these movies and not have anyone know that you have cancer. Mm-hmm. Like that is yeah. a true testament to his willpower, his dedication to his career. Well, yeah, like he's, he's always been a talented actor, right? Like when, oh, for like sure. in 42, right? Wasn't that the Jackie Robinson movie? Yep. Was when he, uh, 45. Was 45? No, 42. 42. No, 42. 42. That's right. When he number. got, that was probably when he got, you know, big. I don't exactly remember seeing him before that, but I remember watching that movie. Yeah. And yeah, he was obviously, you know, very talented then. But Yeah, he only had just, a couple. It just it looks like smaller the dedication that he really that. puts into the roles, right? And how all those, like, all the work that actors do, right? To actually, you know, give us something cool to watch. It's a, it's a huge amount of their time and their effort to actually be able to produce those characters. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more than the, the person watching on the screen would really almost care to realize, like, how much it really takes. Yeah, it seems kind of like very honorable. Like I don't know if it's necessarily the smartest decision, but it seems like very honorable that he didn't share it, like outside of obviously his family, mm-hmm. as to like not burden people more than yeah. Because like when you know somebody, when you, when you know you're working with somebody who's eventually just gonna pass because of cancer, mm-hmm. it's like it, it's that's tough to like it, look at the person every day and yeah. work with them. And it's hard to not always have that on your mind. Yeah, right? and not mm-hmm. like treat them almost differently because you know that they might not be there the next day. That's another aspect of him, like knowing that you have that and just like, not telling anyone. Like, man, the mental, almost, the mental, like it drains you mentally too. I think, I wonder if part of the reason too, or one of the, maybe the benefits of him not sharing it is how they kind of set up Black Panther. I mean, obviously, you know, Black Panther is a very important 
superhero, icon. cultural icon. Sure. I mean, I know none of us here are black, so we can't fully comprehend right just how important he is. But that's kind of also a testament to how important it really is, because none of us can comprehend that, right? Mm. But just the fact that if they had known that he was already kind of like you know in the stages of passing, or if he was going to pass, maybe they would have written his character arc as almost like a finale before it even started rather than just something that was just beginning and starting to get the ball rolling, right? Like, that kind of almost would have been... It would have been kind of bittersweet. If, like, think about the movie Black Panther was almost a send-off to him as soon as he was getting started. Like, it's kind of nice that you can watch that movie, and it really does feel like a beginning, not only to his character, but to this, you know, new movement of representation. And I feel like if, if he had disclosed that he was passing, it might not have carried that same energy outwards into the future of Marvel. What a way to, like, what a legacy to leave behind, too. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like, he is, he's undoubtedly, like, kind of thrust himself into being one of the most important superheroes of our generation Both. for all time, really. In front of the camera. And, and off the camera. Off I mean, he was yeah. very, you never, there weren't any scandals with him, a very just distinguished person all around. Mm-hmm. Well-spoken, yeah. Really, like, again, obviously none of us here are black, but I'm sure that he was just such a global icon in terms oh, yeah. of like a cultural movement of the whole Black Lives Matter movement that's going on in the States right now. Mm-hmm. Like he's definitely a big, big factor in that, whether that be two years ago, 50 years ago, today. Like his, that the message was so clear in that movie. That, yeah. Like, in terms of representation, exactly. in terms of like everything that is about that movie, which is great because it is something that needs to yeah. be. And it's, some, and it's something media. that can't be finished right and that's no. almost nice that he kept he kept his own end to himself so that the movement that his character was representing didn't have a finale that went with him it's something that's ongoing and will continue to keep going instead of just being you know like a one movie arc even which is even really plot wise like, oh yeah no plot wise like, you can it's yeah the, it's the mantle of the black yeah, it's, it's the mantle sure. of the black panther and it's just you know it's it's his legacy springing forward and not like him him passing is isn't so much as him fading away, right? It's like, it's him, you know, it's better to burn out than fade away, that kind of thing. It's it's really him pushing something important in front of our faces and propelling it forward rather than, you know, bringing down any part of it with his own passing, which is really something incredible that he did, so. Yeah. Peace, peace for sure. Well, on a lighter note... Continuing with the superhero Marvel talk. Yeah, <laughs> phase four... And like 2021 was supposed to be a very busy year for Marvel, and now it's like, uh, hopefully all of it gets pushed to 2022, and they just basically like resume from. Yeah, I mean, hopefully know, they don't they try to cramp anything and put out too much at one point. So wait, you don't want any Marvel going. movies next year, or did no? I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, I hope like they just basically take 2021, and then 2022 becomes like what this, or sorry, you mean 2021? They take 20, 2021. Yeah. As like this is where twenty twenty should have been. Okay, and then okay. they just like go I was gonna forward. say that. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sense. wrong, yeah. wrong years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which I mean, it looks like it is because uh, this year all we're getting is Black Widow, and I believe we were supposed to get Eternals. Um, there's supposed to be well, and then there's the shows too. There is Falcon, uh, Falcon and Winter. Oh, I forgot about yeah. those and yeah. Wandavision. I'm sure which are still on Moon Knight got pushed back as well. Definitely yeah. delayed, I think. Yeah, but uh, yeah, now Eternals is February. Shang Chi is May, and then Spider Man is December for 2021. 2021. Yeah, 2022. So then, what about the stuff that was supposed to be released in 2020? Uh, well, that's some. That... I think it was just Black Widow and Eternals. 
So Black Widow got well, we, moved. Yeah, we just thought the shows. TV shows. Hey, I, I think those are delayed think, indefinitely. Oh, like wow. I don't think they've been. I think they've just said it's delayed. I feel like with TV shows though, especially if they're like Netflix, streaming not exclusively, but like they they re- yeah they release on streaming services. Probably Disney Plus actually. It's not like it they can make yeah, theater yeah. money out of it, so yeah. like they can break the Disney like yeah, rule, releasing they, more than one thing a month. Yeah. Well, like yeah, yeah, it's, it, they probably in de- like re- delayed it indefinitely as a strategic like. They Once can, the movies yeah. die out, then they release the... Yeah, okay, that they could also release it as, like, you know, a build-up to a movie. Like, if you're watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, you're going to be more inclined to go to the theater and then, yeah, and then yeah. watch a Marvel movie live if you're already, you know, it's not yeah. something in the like, Marvel mood, yeah. It's not something like The Punisher, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, where they're, like, obviously still in the Marvel thing. universe, but they're more of their own yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. These but, are characters directly from the movies. Speaking yeah. of Punisher, apparently he's supposed to be coming in the Moon Knight, which would be awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then 2022, this is obviously going to change, but um, they have Thor 4, which is not called Thor 4, but should be. Love and uh, Thunder. Love and Thunder. Uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, which I believe was originally announced as a 2021 film. Um, yeah, so it was just to come got out. Got shifted, presumed. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Thor got shifted as well. I just don't recall its original date off the top of my head. And then Black Panther 2 for May and uh, Captain Marvel 2 for July. So February, March, May, July. In 2021. 2022. Oh, 2022. Yeah. So they were going to release four movies in, what is that, five-month window, six-month window between February and July. But that obvi- was originally. Yeah. Obviously, wow. Black pa- obviously, Black Panther will shift now. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised if it doesn't. I guess it's possible that they could quickly do a rewrite and then just kind of that's shift the events style, to Shuri's character especially with but... something that popular and that important I think they're going to take care of it like, that's, yeah. that's such a hard thing to do yeah. not only because of the cultural significance but because of obviously with Chadwick Boseman's like unfortunate passing mm-hmm. yeah. there's going to be so much more expectations for be, this movie yeah. in terms mm-hmm. of like making sure that it not only gives him a proper send off doesn't feel rushed mm-hmm. continues the message and the movement that mm-hmm. Has been so prevalent in the last. It keeps the tone right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess without knowing what their script was, it's hard to say how easy or difficult it would be to shift those events to a new character. Probably gonna like because I'm thinking like Black Panther two is going to be like a pretty pivotal movie in the MCU. You would think, yeah. Where like you know. Maybe not Iron Man three, but like plot wise, you know, yeah, because this was one of their biggest characters. You know, it was a big sure. film. Yeah. One interesting thing is a lot of the rumors that have been surrounding this movie are about them introducing another major player. Like originally yeah. it was them introducing Namor. Yeah. And lately right. it's shifting the towards them is... possibly introducing Doctor Doom. So if the whole like kind of premise of this movie was to bring another major power player into the MCU, they need to take time with it. But now sure. they also need to factor in, you know, proper send off to Chadwick Boseman. They might need to rethink where they bring that character in. Well, they might mm. even have to rethink like other movies, like Doctor Strange and like all oh, these yeah, other movies, because like now without you know, if they need to have this movie is more of a reignition of Black Panther and them, you know, yeah. finding like like maybe Shuri or someone else picking up the mantle of it. If, if it's a movie about them discovering, you know, what it means to be the Black Panther and them kind of coming into the role as their own, it might not be an appropriate time to bring in another major player, especially if it's a big villain. But the thing is, sure. like, plot wise, is that like they. You can tell that's how they set it up. Is that oh, yeah. they, they introduce Wakanda, Wakanda opens its borders. Yeah. If no, like, I don't know, anyone listening obviously might not have the same in-depth, like, comic knowledge that, like, one of us might have. But, like, 
Wakanda is such a huge factor in terms of location oh, yeah. Yeah. and in terms of and who in they terms come of, into yeah. contact with and who their enemies There's are. So especially. many different things that happen in Wakanda yeah. and like are related to the metals and who they border. Wakanda, yeah, and what they exactly like, like Latveria with Doctor Doom, and even if they're they're underwater expeditions going to Atlantis or mm-hmm. isn't that Atlantis for Namor supposed to be? Is it a different city? Um, I, think I don't it's, think it's Atlantis. It's an underwater city, but yeah, where Namor the Submariner yeah. is supposed to be. But that's the thing is that again now they really they, need to take their time with this, but they also because they can't just like be like, oh, this is the new Black Panther yeah. now, just shove it on somebody. Um. So in regards to TV shows, I'm just taking this off Wikipedia. Um. Apparently, Falcon and Winter Soldier is delayed to late 2020, and WandaVision is December 2020. Okay, so we so they are still both slated for this year. There is also a Hulu series called Hellstrom. Which is the last non-Disney plus Marvel show going. Um, it's getting its first season October 16th. Hellstrom? Hellstrom, yeah. Any idea what it's about? Um, it is apparently about the characters Damon and Satana Hellstrom. I'm not familiar with the characters. And I also don't know what will become of the show because every other show that's not on Disney Plus has been canceled. So I don't know if they if they were just far enough that they're like, okay, get the first season out there and then it's done. Or if they'll shift it to Disney Plus or if they'll keep it going. Apparently it is um, being developed by like Marvel Studios. not Because before there was Marvel Studios and Marvel Television um, and they've now folded together into one company. So it says Marvel Studios is overseeing the series, so I don't know if this is now becoming part of their plan, or if that was just a technicality of, okay, it's under Marvel until it's done, and then we cancel it. I think they'll cancel it so. if it's not received well, and continue it and shift it to Disney Plus if it is received well. Yeah, I mean, it's going to make the most money, gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. Disney wants to consolidate all their big money getters. In terms of Phase 4, actually... Who do you think they're bringing in next in terms of both characters, the overarching villain? Like, mm-hmm. so obviously, for the first three phases, it was basically Thanos as the overarching villain mm-hmm. with all the other like well, villains in the specific movies. It's but, like, gonna heavily depend on what hero they're mainly leaning on, right? Like, like in the first phase, true. they heavily leaned on Captain America and Iron Man, obviously, right? Yeah. So, the main villains we got were like Ultron, Iron Man, villain. Like the, the villains that we got introduced to us that were main staples, you know, the Winter Soldier, were Cap and Iron Man villains. So you wonder now with, again, with Chadwick Boseman's passing, this factors into it, like if they, I'm Black Panther's still going to be popular, so they're still going to lean on it, but maybe they're going to, instead of bringing in like Namor, the Submariners, the next big phase villain, or Doctor Doom, maybe they'll bring in like Norman Osborn, a Spider-Man villain instead to kind of I like... I mean, I think they were going to bring in Spider-Man villains. Well, obviously they would, because, but, yeah. but I feel I mean, like... Instead of being like that main villain, like yeah, almost yeah. the Thanos really of the next one. with the Thanos. Yeah. Like bringing, don't get me That's wrong, Norman Osborn is he's a one cool hell of a villain. He's very he's cool, cool, but like... He's not, he's, not, he's not global in the same sense that like... You're not global, sorry, like... Well, no, but I doubt Marvel will try to recreate that, right? They'd be more, it'd be more like a down-to-earth major villain. Yeah, he's not going to be like the end of worlds, which I mean... They could bring in Galactus eventually, but it would kind of th- be almost yeah. too similar to Thanos to do. Well, I think Galactus series. will eventually be because like sure. Namor and like Wakanda have a very close connection, like Fantastic Four. Yeah, and obviously with Silver Surfer and Galactus, like yeah. that just makes sense. That'll so. eventually come in, but that'll probably won't be till a couple phases after. Yeah, it'll probably be like late Phase Five yeah. or something. But crazy to see the popularity of superhero movies and just how many people really get into it. Like it is. 
kind of crazy. That us you, included. Yeah, I mean, yeah. us included, like, how in-depth we can get into these conversations about, like, a totally fictional universe. Yeah. But just, like, I'm sure if you go grab a random person on the street, they could tell you a lot more than you'd think they'd be able to tell you about it, which really just speaks to how popular it is. Well, I'm glad that, like, superhero... I mean, it makes sense that superheroes are very popular because they're, like, kind of very idealistic, but, I like, yeah, it's it's nice to see that they're being, like... Put it, like put in movies and done justice with mm-hmm. like you know all these special effects and yeah. like all this money behind it back in these productions mm-hmm. um there's not really a whole lot of like, like marvel and dc aside from them like there's not a whole lot of like fictional universes that you could really like have a production like this yeah i mean unless you're going to sci-fi with like you know star wars and star trek you're not getting on the but same it's level. not as relatable as yeah that. Like superheroes and villains and comics, like comics were way more prevalent than Star Wars ever was. Not to say that Star Wars wasn't prevalent, but like I, don't, I wouldn't Com- argue comics that go way deeper than Star comics Wars. Comics go deeper, but I think if you go ask a random person to read who reads comic books, who watch who watch Star Wars, you're gonna get a whole lot more watching movies than reading comic books. I mean, yeah, but you're if you say like, hey, thinking, do you know who Superman yeah, is, or do you know who? Like, well, yeah, but that's Superman. Like Superman. Okay, do you know who Iron Man is? Because I've seen the movies, but I had no or idea. Hulk. I had no idea who Iron Man was until I'd seen the movie. Like, not even close. I wouldn't have been able to tell you who he was until I'd seen the hmm. movies. Just uncultured. I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, never. Never would have. Never knew about it. But it really also just depends on what you're exposed to as well, right? That's yeah. True. I think I found out about comic books and stuff, like, with my dad and my uncle and whatever like influencing me with yeah comic my, book my family wasn't into it at all so i had like no exposure until like my friends would talk about it like, oh what's this and you, then you learn but that's fair yeah i think i was always like like my my dad was never like super into it he like apparently he, he watched like ultraman as a kid but uh one of his his brothers like my uncle greg he's like super into mm-hmm. like comics so like that was like i think he gave me like spider-man dvd or uh vhs for like my birthday and shit so i think i had i'd always kind of been like around it but probably not as invested as you are now especially just oh yeah obviously i would say superhero fandom is at basically its peak right now yeah it's it's become a lot more mainstream having some commercial success yeah it's become a lot more mainstream 100 percent just with the movies right? like, yeah well again that i mean that comes with like you know having a company like disney backing it yeah. or even universal but it is it is definitely cool to see the fact that because like before you know you'd get like a superhero franchise quote unquote and it was like maybe three movies mm-hmm. whereas like now you literally have like 20 movies worth and like they all build up to this you know peak you and, know, and story it's, and it's big enough that everyone around you also knows what's happening. Yeah, that too. Yeah, and it's really getting still going. Bad, huh? They really had they had the Dark Knight going so well, and then Iron Man came in and was like, yeah, yeah, but the Dark Knight isn't something like it's good because it's contained, right? Like the Dark yeah. Knight had spanned like seven movies. Like okay, like this is a well, lot. It doesn't need to span seven movies, but I feel like you could have easily done the not in the same sense that Marvel did it, but you could have easily done the whole like linking it and connecting it with other. Like, you could connect it with, like, a I Superman. I think that would have worked with the Dark Knight, because the Dark yeah. Knight was supposed to be, like, ultra-realistic. Like, some yeah. dude actually trying to be Batman. Oh, or, like, dark, they're bringing in, like, you know... dark and gritty. Yeah, but dark and gritty, but I mean, like, bringing in, you know, Green Lantern and Superman and all yeah. these, like, aliens and stuff. I think where they're at now is a good base. Obviously, most yeah. of the movies they have done haven't been successful, but with the release of the Snyder Cut, let's see. 
No. I don't I'll, know about you guys, but I'm super excited. Oh, Steven's hate. I think the Snyder Cut is... It, it's a four-hour movie. Like, it, it's great that it exists for the people that wanted it, but it's not going to change anything. It's not going to make a bad movie suddenly good. Will it be better it's than... almost not even completely the same plot. Like, it's it's similar plot, yeah, but, like, there's so many plot. different scenes that are, like, completely different. Well, then I have a concern of it being four hours long that it'll just be drawn out. Like, again, I'm happy it's out there, but, like... It's going to be incredibly fucking difficult to make a four-hour movie feel well-paced. Avengers Infinity, or sorry, not Infinity War, Endgame wasn't even that long, and it had 11 years of build-up. Like, yeah, but it also felt like it went by in like 20 minutes. No, but that's my point. Endgame did it successfully because it spent so much time setting it up. Justice League doesn't really have much Justice set up League to begin has, with. Yes, they have more recognizable characters. Yeah, they even do. Before, not, no, but that's what he's talking about. He's talking yeah. about in terms of like the previous film and building up the characters. Sure, they're more recognizable, but like they don't have. I yeah, still think like, that in. I still think that factors in. Like if you like the average like person on the street is like, oh, what's up, like a Iron Man movie? They never heard of Marvel or Iron Man. Like I never did. I had no interest in it. But if you see like Batman, you're like, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, like, you know, or I if, might if actually somebody pick says it up. Superman. Yeah, I think that it's it's got the groundwork of being the most recognizable like mm. superheroes on the planet yeah. i don't know and also with like you know memories of the dark knight and all these other good you know the batman tv shows that people grew up on you're gonna get a lot more age demographics in the end of it yeah i don't know for me like to ask me to watch a four-hour cut like if i if it comes out and i hear fantastic things about it sure i will make myself sit down for four hours and watch it but otherwise, like, if it's, like, the original Justice League movie where it's kind of, like, mixed reviews, I do not have anywhere near enough investment in those characters to say, let me sit down for four hours and make my own opinion on this. If you're going to demand that much time of me, I need to be invested already, and Justice League does not have that investment. Well, see, the, th- the thing is, though, is uh, Zack Snyder, he, he, like, his story was written out, so it was supposed to be, like, multiple movies. It was, yeah. Um, it right, was, it was a two-part thing before, no, it wasn't it? was like a four-part thing. Yeah, it was supposed to be, like, a good amount of Like, movies. it was supposed to be, like, Superman gets corrupted by Darkseid, and, like, the Justice League now has to fight Superman and turn him back good so that he can defeat Darkseid. Like, that was supposed to be, like, this it was, whole thing. It was supposed okay. to be, like, at least multi- more than two movies. So is that what they're four. doing with the Snyder That's cut what now? They're, they're, basically, okay. they're basically making the original first film, and then I'm sure that if it gets enough traction and HBO makes enough money off of it, they'll go forward with some yeah. more. Yeah. I mean, they've already announced it's a four part series yeah because you're releasing on hour. hbo max and yeah I'm yeah, yeah. It on, in but theater, that's what i mean so. is it's like if they're already doing a four hour cut of it i can't imagine there's anything more like that is two movies right there not necessarily yeah but if you if you're releasing, releasing if it was supposed to build up almost four or like movies. supposed to complete four movies worth and this is just like the quote-unquote two I, movies i still thought it was it only i thought it was only two though i'm pretty sure it was more last i saw at least I mean, maybe there were, like, maybe. rumors, but I think officially announced that there were only two movies, and then they said they're doing Yeah, I was, I was about to say, maybe they'd only signed up for two movies, and then assuming yeah. those were successful, they'd continue I'm, I'm the sure story. I'm sure they assumed this was going to be a lot more successful. So here, yeah. plans for the film were announced in October 2014, with Snyder on board to direct, and Terrio attached to write the script. The film was initially titled Justice League Part 1, with a second film, under the name Justice League Part 2, intended to follow in 2019. However, the sequel was indefinitely delayed to accommodate production of a standalone Batman film starring Affleck. 
And I, it doesn't actually say that the second part was ever officially cancelled. It also doesn't say that it was only going to be two parts. It just says two parts were production announced. issues with the first movie. Yeah. Ben Affleck released these fucking things are not <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, like, I, I'm not a huge fan of his Batman, but he kind of grew on me, and I think if, if he has more screen time and a little bit better like writing and directing like I think. Batman. yeah like he's massive he's a big intimidating dude instead of like where christian bale was the more like athletic realistic like kind of like you know you got to be the workout psycho to actually be batman this the christian i mean uh, not christian bale ben affleck is more of just like trying to portray the comic book one yeah he's a good actor he's a good yeah he, is he a good did actor. like the batman rule like decent job like i wouldn't say that he was like oh my god like the best batman i've ever seen well, yeah. but we also wasn't just him was, right yeah every like movie he was batman. batman and he was sharing the screen with a lot of other people and the, a lot of other characters the other thing is i think with the snyder cut is the characters are going to seem a lot better because like they had filmed a lot of stuff originally in justice league like do you remember in justice league they were trying to ch- crack a lot of jokes randomly like throughout the film yeah it didn't work and that was that was all joss whedon's mm-hmm scenes yeah so because he kind of had that like more like light-hearted e marvel background i think wow. that's kind of why it turned into this weird mesh of dc tones. is good when it's dark right like yeah, everybody exactly. loves the dark night because it's gritty and it's dirty and it doesn't shy away from you know the hard parts that would actually take to be a hero right? but the thing yeah. is is that they can only really do that with a certain amount of characters because so mm. many characters in the dc universe are like ridiculously overpowered oh, yeah. Compared yeah. To, like normal human beings like you look at just like the generic Justice League cast, like I would say, literally everyone except Batman on that team is a near like, god. Yeah, <laughs> Green Lantern, and Superman, mm. the Flash is just you know, like the Flash. I would say is the second most realistic, if at all. Like all that he has going from, for most people at least, is like is super speed compared mm. to like a magic alien ring that grants you basically any power you need, yeah. so long as you have the willpower, or some like alien mace with like fucking. They also bring in, they bring in the villains to match, right? Yeah, like the anti monitor yeah. and like yeah. dark side. Stuff. Yeah, and we'll be bringing world breaking <clears throat> villains. That then you need world fixing. We heroes. need heroes that could also be world breakers as well. Right? Yeah, to balance it out, man. But the the TV shows between Marvel and DC. I'm, yeah, more, DC so, I'm more so talking. I'm, I'm more so I'm more so talking about like the animated. Oh movies, yeah. but like yeah, the the. The DC cartoons will wash Marvel's cartoons yeah. out of the water, like every single time. That's not to say that Marvel's cartoons aren't good, but DC's no, just they're, they're that good. good. Just, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're just like amazing, in my opinion. But that also leads into like you know, if the Snyder Cut is successful, a lot of it will be because of that groundwork DC has already laid ahead of it, in making their characters recognizable. So like a lot of the train wreck that has been DC the last you know decade can kind of get forgiven or looked over a bit because of how good some of that previous stuff was. Yeah. That's why I hope that this Snyder Cut is, like, it develops a lot in a short time. Yeah. Where, like, I mean, you know, you hope it's not, like, confusing and it's, like, too no. much. But, like, it does lay a lot of groundwork. Well, I think, like, four-hour-long segments, too, is a lot more palatable to, like, the average viewer. Like, I know my own parents. Two hours or yeah. one, four hours. Like, I know my own parents would be a lot more willing to watch it if it was in the four one-hour segments and one four-hour chunk, right? Like, that turns a lot of people off. Isn't that funny though? Like, especially if it's on a streaming service, because like basically most of the people are gonna watch oh, it yeah. in one go, anyways. But if it's like, oh, yeah. if it's cut up, people are like, well, I'm That's sure they'll release it like it's, week it's to less week of a or commitment, something. You know what I mean? Like, if you're someone who's casually watching yeah. Netflix, even yeah. if you're invested in something like that, like a superhero esque, um, yeah, genre, 
it's like you don't have to sit down and watch the four things through. You can stop at two or one. You can or stop, three. take a break, go yeah, do can, something, and then come back to it after. You don't feel as committed. To yeah, having to watch it all at one. Plus, go. if they do it like week to week, it builds up the hype for it, right? Like a TV show, would. and I think that's going to appeal to a lot, like a lot, like an older demographic of people, right? Who especially those who are familiar with those yeah. characters, because and, yeah, again, exactly. Batman and Superman by far, I would say, are more recognizable than most, if not all. Maybe like except for Spider Man. Yeah, I mean, well, Sp- like every kid knows Spider Man. Yeah, but that's it. Like every kid knows Spider Man, but they also know a lot more DC characters. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you. I would say DC is definitely more well known for their actual characters, aside from like Spider Man. It's Marvel. like they stick in your mind more, right? Just because it's like, I feel like they had that. They um, had that golden era that yeah, they the did so era. well that it's kind of like not that Marvel didn't do well. But oh, like Marvel's DC's characters character. were just so. Yeah, I don't know. Just, so they're I, just I so ingrained <laughs> yeah. in popular culture that you can't wash them out. Even with like some of the train wreck that has been Warner Brothers handling in DC the last little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely excited for it. I know that. Especially since they have, I, I think they have Aquaman 2 slated, right? And then they have the Flash movie. I yeah, actually like Flash Jason Momoa, the Aquaman. Aquaman. Oh, yeah. no, he's I actually Aquaman. thought the Aquaman movie was pretty good. I don't know what you guys think. Well, this a good take on, like, a character that's yeah. been lapped at a lot. He, he could be a little bit of a better actor. Like, there's some scenes where you're like, oh, for oh sure. okay, that was kind of... I wouldn't say, well, I think it's more so just the, yeah, the, the fact that, like... A, he basically looks the part. Yeah. He has longer hair, but like like Aquaman in yeah. the comics is typically drawn with like short... Short blonde hair, yeah, like short, a skinny like guy. Blonde hair, like, you yeah. know, kind of weird looking outfit. But I think they definitely brought a more serious take to Aquaman. Like still lighthearted yeah. and funny. And it's also a more people. realistic take. Um, yeah. And it works. Yeah. Like, let's be honest, yeah. Aquaman was extremely popular. So, <clears throat> Sorry, I was just reading about uh, the Justice League because I... I hadn't uh, fully kept up with uh, the Snyder Cut and everything. I wasn't aware that, actually, um, Whedon was brought on while Snyder was still working on it. Like, they were working together on Justice League. I guess uh, it says, After disapproving of Snyder's direction, Warner Bros. hired Joss Whedon to rewrite the script and help with reshoots. Um, And then a bit further down... Uh, Snyder was expected to film the scenes that Whedon rewrote and they were working together to meet Warner Bros. requests when uh, Snyder left the project. And then that's when Whedon assumed full control, adding nearly 80 new pages to the script. And according to the cinematographer, or at least the original cinematographer... Um, this is for the original Justice yeah. came out like a couple years back. They yeah. reshot a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. A- apparently uh, Whedon cut about 90% of what they had shot. I don't know if he... Yeah. And look what happened. The way it's where it says yeah. uh, Wagner, the cinematographer, estimates that Ween's cut uses only about 10% of the footage he shot. I don't know if that's just weird wording on the part of whoever wrote the article or if they replaced the director there's, of photography as well. Been a, but a lot of reports coming from a lot of people have said that like, yeah. it's a different movie. So, yeah, yeah apparently it's completely what, different. From what movie. I've heard, the only stuff that's similar is um, some like specific cuts Mm-hmm. Uh, like very very short like second long cuts from the Steppenwolf fight mm-hmm. and some angles in the, uh, the when they first fight Superman at the memorial yeah. like so, that's basically it don't get me wrong I like I knew that it was a conflicting vision of you had one director start and another director finish I wasn't aware though that it was to the extent that 
one of the highest crew members on the film was saying, yeah, 90% of yeah, what we didn't shot was thrown, or what um, Snyder yeah. shot was thrown out. Like, I didn't realize it actually changed that much. So hopefully we're getting a totally different film yeah. coming up. I, I, I will say, I mean, like, as someone that's not a huge, like, DCEU fan, um, I, I'm still very happy for Snyder and Affleck, who are both at bare points in their lives now and are able to return to these projects and finish something that he couldn't at the time obviously snyder lost his daughter during production affleck was dealing i think with like alcoholism and divorce and yeah it's like they they weren't in good places so i'm glad that now that they've you know kind of figured things out and uh they're back on track that they're they have this opportunity to return obviously robert pattinson is batman going forward but that's Affleck his own universe is, so yeah it's that's a yeah. totally separate thing have they uh, confirmed they that confirmed yeah it. yeah he's in his own universe it's also going to be a different universe from uh joaquin phoenix's joker so they're not going to be the same they're just like this is a problem oh, okay. that spin-offs. dc has is that oh i mean obviously the spider-man has been redone like x amount of times too yeah. but DC has like four different things going on right now. Like they have the the Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix yeah. Joker, which it seems like it's probably just going to be its own just standalone thing. Yeah, thing. yeah. Uh, just like a then they have Robert Pattinson's Batman. They have Ben Affleck's Batman. I kind of like that though. There's I just know. I feel like there's too many. Yeah, that, like, for someone who's casual and not really as invested like into a character, they're going to get so confused. Yeah, it's confusing. Yeah. It's yeah, they're yeah, only like, just like get smarter and realize they're different. You see, you see Ben Affleck as one Batman, and then <laughs> like you see another Batman move come out. No, yeah, that's that's you go back to someone as Ben Affleck again. Like it's just kind of the back of the DVD covers. That's the thing. I thought that. Because I know I Affleck's like returning in the Flash film, but multiple Batman are. So I thought yeah, that was just yeah. like, okay, Affleck gets his like proper send off. He gets to like play his character, and then I thought Pattinson was the DCU no, okay. I, Batman I like going it forward. It, it shows because I think the thing with DC is there. Batman is such an iconic character that like no matter what iteration of it is, you know the backstory, you know who he is, you yeah. know what he does, and so yeah. I like that they can kind of just like build on that and be like, okay, like this is a different version of it. What if, sure. you know, it was Robert Pattinson and in this gritty Gotham, what if it's Christian yeah. Bale? What if it's Ben Affleck in this more, not joyful because none of DC is joyful, but not as dark and gritty universe. I like it. Yeah. And it's like, it gives you variety, right? Instead of watching like the same dude play the same hero multiple times. And it's a big difference from Marvel because Marvel has kept the same actors for, you know, yeah but i think the same character i think that's where marvel did better is like dc's in the early marvel stages where like everything's split and they need to get it all under one roof so that they can have a coherent story i can see both of your points i think marvel did really well at having one cohesive universe dc is clearly stumbling at that but i think movies like joker show that when they do these one-off kind of spin-offs, people are interested. I agree with you that it is confusing as a casual viewer. I think they would benefit from having, like, separate labels of, like, here's the DCEU, which is, like, Batman v Superman, Wonder Woman, all of that jazz. And And then, like, DC Dark or something, which is, like, here's Joker, here's the Batman. Like, (sighs) just kind of have two distinct labels. And the reason I was confused about what the Batman film was was because originally that was a Ben Affleck film. It was, it was a DCEU film. Um, and they, they retained the same director. Like, it's still the Matt Reeves Batman film. Yeah. But I guess they just changed well, its role ben in the universe. Ben Affleck was supposed to direct it, and it was like a, the rumored script that I saw for it. Was right, it was supposed sorry. to be an Arkham Asylum, like, 
trapped in there and fighting villains to get out. Which would have been right, sick. but then there was a point where he Affleck down. stepped down from director, but not Just actor. A, yes, yes. Was, and then it was the Matt he, Reeves Batman. Then he Batman. totally let the project to yeah. focus on his own health. So know, it's shifted like a, a number of times. Because, like, yeah, I guess originally it would have been DCEU and then it transitioned into like, I guess the You know this is kind of starting, thing, starting like, to sound like, though? Hmm. Robert Downey Jr. right before Iron Man. That's fair. That's actually really fair. Does it? I'm not familiar. Oh with yeah, he was yeah. in jail and a drug addict. I mean, addict. well, he had he had those drug problems before. Wait, but he, before, was, but he, he was dealing with some career, issues yeah. right before Iron Man. Oh, wait, I thought you were talking about Robert Pattinson. I was like, I don't oh, see no, the similarity. No, no, ben no, Affleck, Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. I mean, it would be cool to see Ben Affleck actually continue. Like, if, if the Snyder Cut takes off and they decide yeah. to finish that, it would be cool to see him step back into the role and actually, you know, see it through and finish at least the Snyder vision of Justice League. And then going forward, if DC wants to, you know, do something else with another Batman, they'll cast somebody then and deal with it. But I mean, honestly, that's where I'm really excited about, like, The Flash, because they're bringing back Michael Keaton. They're bringing back Ben Affleck. They could literally bring any Batman character and just say, look, this is our multiverse. We're bouncing between these different visions of the character, and sometimes we'll bring them together, sometimes they'll be different, and then having those different actors is like, well, now we can have different takes on them, and we're not limited. That could be kind of iffy to go into. I mean, obviously, like, I'm sure they'll they'll do it right, but again, that could be, like, a very confusing thing. Like, it's not hard to like, oh, multiverse. It's not hard to read a synopsis. Like, it's words. Just look at it. Okay, I get what's I don't get it. Plus, the thing the thing is, too, with Batman being such a recognizable character, I think people are going to want to understand what's happening so they can see the movie. Like, when I watched, mm. like, if I watch something with Batman, like, even though it's, you know, another Batman, you're still kind of like, oh, I want to watch it. But, I don't know. Like, if there was, like, let's say there was a bunch of reading I had to do to catch up, like, I would be willing to do it because I want to see the Batman movie because, you know, I grew up, even though I got into comic books and heroes pretty late, like, compared to you guys, I still recognize it enough that I would want to get into it and want to watch it. Like, I would do the reading for it. Like, yeah. It's even work like HBO with Watchmen, right? Super popular TV series. They released additional reading for people to like actually figure out what was going on and they did it and it still was one of the most popular shows you know the last year like i mean that's kind of impressive that you know a show gets people to put in like they made people study to watch the show yeah like, that's impressive to get, yeah. like i don't yeah. know i'm never motivated to study unless like i have a test but like to watch a tv show you think like the average person is going to want to study but they actually did like i think that the groundwork is there and people now are wanting to be informed about what they're viewing and especially with something as pivotal and as influential as batman is like if there is any sort of confusion dc has more than enough rep that people are actually going to want to put in the effort to figure out what's going on so they can enjoy the movies yeah i agree with you i just think uh watchmen most of their viewers are like more comic book fans True, like it's not as some pretty high profile like people watching that show I mean, yeah, but and it's not as, like, commercial as, like, uh, you know, if you're going to try to make an MCU level like the, thing, the it has to be very... Is that it, it has to be, like, that was, that was a risk, you know what I mean? Like, not yeah. a lot of people knew who the Guardians no, were. I, I, were, no, I never heard, heard of them at all. Unless mm. you were already invested in that kind of stuff. Similar to Watchmen, I don't think a lot of people know much about, like, the whole Watchmen arc and the characters and stuff, unless uh, you were already invested Watchmen's into it. a little older, though, right? Like, Watchmen, like, was... Well, we people were, like, kind of like, understand it because comic book too. Like, yeah, well, because you have Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, Doctor Manhattan, um, and Rorschach, and pretty violent stuff in those comics. Yeah, and that that stuff was really popular, like yeah, like you know, in like the eighties and stuff. Um, but you also had that the Watchmen movie Which in like the early two thousands. 
great. Which it wasn't great, but like it people have just been in, introduced to. I the don't know. Like I remember, I was funny enough. The only time I've actually like read the Watchmen comic was I was at my friend's house, and his parents were the ones, and they were like, like my parents' age, like you know, forties, fifties, and they had the comic book and were reading. It's like okay, well, this actually you know is something that people actually like, even though I had barely heard of it. It is something that has a demographic and might just be older. Yeah. But regardless, you know, it is cool to see people like it, it. It's cool to see entertainment as a whole kind of almost, you know, taking strides forward as, and as opposed to being something you just kind of sit there and like mindlessly watch is something that you are engaged in and something that you actually, you know, think about like a, instead of like a sitcom, you just sit there and, you know, kind of mumbly laugh at for 30 minutes. Laugh track, force laugh <laughs> Not even. Yeah. Like, God. God, I can't do that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like friends. It's not even entertainment. That's just a waste of time. It's obviously being influenced by like current events. Like there's yeah. like, more representation now. There is it, it, different it's, forms. Information of, has become yeah. something people want to get involved in, that which is, is great. Yeah. And it's great that if people are going to put the extra effort to be involved and informed on their TV shows, that's something that can translate to society as well, right? And it's just it's it's kind of it's cool to see how people now are craving information and it's even extending to their entertainment and what they do to relax. Like that's it. It, that it is interesting to see. Sure. Yeah, I think I think that's that was a lot of people's concern. Like, I mean, throughout history, is that like you know, entertainment becomes a distraction mm-hmm. from like social issues. Yeah. But nowadays, it's like you, it's all intertwined, and yeah. so like even when you're being entertained, you're still like aware of these things that you informed. should be aware of. Yeah. yeah, whether it be through a movie, yeah, or you're reading, yeah, no and 100%. if you're pursuing information too to inform yourself about what you're watching, you're gonna. Even if you're not intending to, you're going to inform yourself about other issues as well. And that's great, right? You can't really knock that. Well, that was pretty, pretty big tangent we went on there. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we'll we can see, keep on the topic, but um, any characters, heroes and or villains in either the DC or Marvel Universe show that you would like to see introduced? Scarecrow. You specifically? I like you have, you have an idea of who would play him? Who played who played Scarecrow in the Dark Knight movies? Oh, oh the Murphy. man, the myth, the legend, Like I just love Scarecrow because I'm not gonna lie, I would love to have some of that toxin to play with. That'd be so much fun. Okay, that just okay. sounds weird. So um, weird. ending Joseph's uh, speaking. Yeah, um, sentence. I'm excited that the Batman is bringing Riddler because like mm-hmm. the Riddler is definitely just a, really a dark, gritty take on the Riddler. I am very excited for because I don't think that's been a thing in the movie no it was jim carrey yeah and then like in the games like the arkham games like riddler is a character but a side character at that they make riddler a side character yeah he's a side character in all the i've only played one of them and he wasn't really in the game no the whole the whole like the main collectible in that game is riddler trophies so it's like you collect some riddler trophies and then hey i don't know if you've ever seen the 60s batman but the riddler was kind of scary yeah okay more so visually all right (laughs) if you if you like i don't know how best you guys are in dc comics but like no i love dc more than mcu a bunch of the probably long well i I guess it's mostly Batman villains I'm thinking of off rip, but like Penguin, mm-hmm. you have the Riddler, you have Mister mm-hmm. er, yeah. Mister Freeze, yeah, yeah. Mister no. Freeze, Freeze. yeah. But Captain yeah. Cold's also Captain so, Cold but, is who I was thinking of, yeah. And then I was like, no, it's definitely Mister Freeze. I'm I'm excited, and obviously. With, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Hardy? Like, yes. don't get me wrong, these darker interpretations of the characters, like, it generally exist already in the comics. It's nothing new if you follow those. But for someone like me that's not a comic person and just keeps up with, like, the games and the movies and, I don't know, some TV shows, it's like, I haven't seen a take like that on The Riddler. So I'm really excited to see how it goes to have such a, um, 
like psychologically based villain. If you guys aren't, you know, put so off by chess with some yeah, maybe spoilers, <laughs> look up some of the rumors surrounding what the Riddler is supposed to be doing in the movie. It's pretty cool. You know what? I think I'll just I'll go in. Uh... I'll watch the trailers, but I think otherwise uh, I'm not going to go out of my way to try to spoil it. I'm I'm interested. I saw that first trailer. You know, I'm already like in like I'm I'm good to see it. I'm in. So I'm gonna give my emo Batman. I'm gonna give my cosign right now. Mm. If you want to get more invested into the DC universe as a whole, watch the animated series. You don't have to watch the yeah. comic books, but watch which the one? Is Justice one? League and, and Justice League Unlimited. Really? And okay. you can even watch like the whole Batman Beyond and like all of the like literally all of the TV shows I know we did in the early two thousands. Batman the animated series is one that people really yeah. hype up. Yeah. My like I think that's one of my all time favorite. The killing shows joke. Have you ever seen that? That's a good one. Oh god, have so I? I don't even think the I have. even the short movies because they have um, yeah. they have the same like voice actors being or playing the same characters throughout all of them. Like yeah. I think it's Kevin Conroy, yeah, yeah or Craig Conroy, or whatever his Kevin name is. Conroy, yeah, Kevin Conroy, yeah, as Batman. Yeah. First of all. That's like my ideal Batman voice. And Mark Hamill's like, Joker. God damn, this is a good Batman voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Mark Hamill's Joker. This yeah. God damn, this is a good Joker voice. Like, yeah, I'll say like to your point them. earlier. I think you mentioned is like DC's cartoons generally tend to be a, a step above Marvel's because I think most of Marvel's cartoons are kind of very kid oriented. Well, yeah, thing, too, it's like, cool. We're, we're growing up, right? Like when you're younger, the big shiny you know pure superhero is something that you you know you look up to and you think like oh that's so cool but then as you get older and you start to like you know you mature and you see more mature things the darker stuff kind of i know at least that's for me it starts to interest you a lot more and you start to understand like like it's cool to see like batman you know instead of him being like like you kind of you don't just see him as a hero you see him as like okay this dude's kind of a psycho he just goes out there and beats the crap out of people what's the thing it's like stop you kind of see that and you appreciate like okay like it's not 100 percent what it almost makes it out to be and you can, once you can see and appreciate that it almost adds to it right and dc does that a lot better because they will show the darker side of things in in the movies like in the comics marvel does some pretty dark stuff obviously but i mean as a whole dc is known to be a darker franchise right well i think the thing with the shows as well when, when it comes to kids shows there are shows that are made for kids and there are shows that are appropriate for kids so shows like mm-hmm. avatar um star wars the clone wars like these are shows that's like you can watch as a kid but when you come back to it when you're older you have a new appreciation i would realize of the topics and yeah the one over your head earlier yeah i'm not entire i'm not super familiar with like the dc and marvel cartoons but i would guess marvel is generally in the former camp of like their shows are targeted at kids yeah. where dc has more as like yeah if you're a kid you can still yeah, enjoy the, this but topics. you can go back as an adult and you'll have a different appreciation like, of the, it the only, like, really no, sorry, Mike, you want to finish? Some of the topics in the, the Justice League that are super limited and just the DC shows in general is like, as a kid, you just want to see Superman fucking laser some guy. Or sure, you want to see, yeah. you want to see Wonder Woman lasso someone into a building. Like, it's yeah, cool. Yeah. But like, yeah, definitely as an adult, some of the topics they deal with are like pretty relevant topics to this day. Mm-hmm. Like it's sexism, racism. Oh, yeah. Avatar does it too. A bunch of, like a handful of the shows, but the Marvel shows never really did that. It's yeah. like... It's definitely a definitely a kid targeted show. Cookie cutter, right? Like they yeah. deal with mutant Santa, like yes. <laughs> and I'll say that's where when Sony announced, "Oh, we're doing an animated Marvel film," I was kind of like, "Eh," because I expected it to be in the same vein as like the usual like Marvel TV shows. I was like the animated Marvel TV shows. And I was like, "Okay, I don't really want a theatrical cut of that." They but then it was fucking Spider Verse, and it was just so unlike anything else that not just Marvel has done, but anything that any animation studio has done and it's like holy they really shit. Like, it's the equivalent of them bringing a comic book to life. Like, yeah. With the design yeah, and the yeah. elements. 
even this whole story, like the story is a very comic book esque story. Yeah, I would say it would it definitely delves into like the whole redemption and emergence. Yeah, yeah. Kind of so that that movie for me f- went from on announcement being like, uh, I don't really care about this, to being one of my favorite films of all time, and definitely my favorite animated film. Like that is just such a brilliant movie. I'm I'm super excited for what they uh, do with that in the future. Who was in charge of directing that? So it had three directors. Um, I believe one or two of them. It was their directorial debut. So it had Bob Perchetti. Uh, he directed. That was his debut. He had previously worked on uh, Little Prince as co-screenwriter. He was head of story on Puss in Boots. So he had an animated background. <laughs> so he had an animated background, but this was his first directing role. Uh, had Peter Ramsey, who previously directed Rise of the Guardians. Mm. And, oh my god, I forgot that was a thing. And had Rodney Rothman, who also made his uh, directorial debut so with Into the Spider-Verse. All three of these guys were debuting as directors, essentially? Two like... were. One of them had directed uh, before. Oh. Oh right, directed by the audience. Well, right, said, like yes. they don't—they didn't have like a shit ton of experience coming into this. Like they had not enough. as directors. No. That is crazy, and they knocked—they they honestly knocked it out of the park. Like I think most people that have seen all oh, the different yeah. Spider-Mans plus that, like that's usually in the yeah. top three. Definitely yeah. better if than not number one or two. Be. Yeah, before Rise of the Guardians, he directed a TV show special of Monsters vs. Aliens. So, Rise of the Guardians was his first movie. It was right, yeah. Tall blonde girl, the the, the greenish blue slug thing. So he did a TV special of that. Um, So his first movie was Rise of the Guardians. Spider-Man was his second, and then yeah, the other two animation background, um, but their first time directing. And the second movie is not bringing any of them back as directors. But honestly, it's like with the first one, it's like you know what. These are three guys that, like, most people would probably look at and be like, what are you doing? Like, two of them have never directed before. One of them has very little experience, but experience nonetheless. And yet it worked out so well. It's like, you know what? You chose three guys that I don't think anyone saw coming and they made an amazing film. If you have the same people choosing the directors for the second film... By all means, these people right, clearly right. know better than I do. So it could be set up in the same form as like a comic book, where it's like you you have different writers, obviously a director and a writer, like different things, animation like, style. For yeah. the next one too could be something like that, where it's like it's a it's its own thing. Like they're not they don't necessarily need to be connected. Like a straight sequel. Yeah. 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 All right. But, so the director of the second one, his name is Joaquim dos Santos, and he has directed uh, television. He's done Justice League Unlimited, Avatar, Legend of Korra, and Voltron Legendary that's, that's Defender. What he's done since so this is his... That's because that's, that's you trust the process. This is his movie directing so debut. Good stuff. They also replaced the writers. The first one was written by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. The second one is being written by David Callahan, who has written... Uh, oh, <laughs> this is interesting. So he did the story for the 2014 Godzilla. He rewrote Ant-Man. Um, it was uncredited, but he did a rewrite on Ant-Man. He wrote Zombieland Double Tap. He did the screenplay for Wonder Woman 1984. He's writing Shang-Chi. And he's doing the screenplay for Mortal Kombat. He's got so, a lot of different things. In this big upcoming, yeah. Kombat. And he also worked on all three Expendables movies. Just, just back and forth. That's, like that's, like that's the, the little like mark on his resume. Right? Yeah, uh, Expendables. Well, the first Expendables is pretty good. But yeah, it's, it's like movie. since then, it's like it's good action. He has so much. Say, I don't think anyone's watching the Expendables for like some yeah, crazy yeah. plot. No, They're watching it for a star-studded cast to get shot. 
yeah. shoot people, fucking cool exactly. cars. It's just Fast and Furious. Yeah, I so, just want to see every action star ever in one movie. <laughs> he was credited for story and screenplay on the first. The second and third, it just says based on. So I think it's like based on characters that he wrote. Yeah. So I don't think he was involved in the writing of two and three, just the first. But yeah, it's like, geez, Godzilla, Wonder Woman, Shang-Chi... Mortal Kombat. It's like the guy's done big stuff and he's got big stuff coming up. When does Wonder so, Woman come out? Because isn't it it's fully this finished? Year still. It's, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I just watched the trailer actually. Yeah. October 2nd is what it's been delayed to. I'm excited. Gaga Dawkins is an amazing Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's really like good. you got new people coming in, but you know what? They, they probably know what they're doing. Or is the villain? Her and uh, oh, what's his name? It's Pedro Pascal's playing that billionaire. Dude, the blonde oh. guy. Mm. Maxwell Lord. Yeah. That's the other villain, yeah. That's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm excited to see that. Wonder Woman's villains are all really good. Oh yeah. Not as notable because, you know, it's hard to compete with Batman and his villains. Like, yeah. I think the Joker is probably one of the most recognizable villains ever. Oh, probably the most. Or yeah, if not the yeah. most. Yeah, I don't think there's a, Yeah, I, I don't think there's a single like more recognizable villain face. I can't like maybe we'll see younger you know, like kids probably Thanos now because yeah of Thanos I thought I saw a thing Thanos is the modern day Darth Darth Vader so people yeah. that grew up yeah. watching Star Wars mm-hmm. Darth Vader Darth was Vader. the villain now you think of Thanos the thing now the know. modern the modern day Thanos or the modern day Darth Vader is Thanos mm-hmm. well that makes that makes total sense because he's also a somewhat relatable villain. Well, yeah, so I, think that's looks, why, I think that's why Infinity War was such a good movie. It's also because he like, looks pretty badass. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. They, the like CGI and everything. Purple they Josh did. Brolin yeah. come at you with a double sword. Oh. Dude, Josh Brolin as Grimace. Like, I mean, how, where you can't go wrong with that. I also think that um, I think it was the first time they had a villain. Maybe maybe Zemo first hand. I think Zemo was probably the first one. But I think with Thanos, all the build up, it's like you can see you could like. You can see what he's trying to accomplish as his like his main motive yeah. as a villain. Yeah, like Zemo was just getting revenge, so Zemo like, kind of understand it. He was emotional and yeah. really is because he for, from his own life experience, superheroes yeah. are what was wrong with the world, right? And that's why it's so relatable. That, yeah. I think that's why the Captain America trilogy, in my opinion, yeah. is the best MCU trilogy by far. Is oh, that yeah. like number one is a great beginning origin story. Mm-hmm. It's like they really did a good job with it. Winter Soldier, in my opinion, is really That's well another done. relatable villain as well. Yeah. Someone who literally cannot control what they're doing, right? Like, and that's number they're three. They're suffering the consequences. Obviously, it's kind of back and forth. Like, you can, quote-unquote, say that, like, Iron Man is also technically a villain in yeah. that movie, depending on how you look at it. But, like, it's clearly just being set up as Zemo. But I think Zemo's a very relatable villain. And then obviously oh, Thanos is Thanos. a very relatable villain because it is it deals with the whole issue is, like, world like there's so many people yeah yeah, the scarcity of resources how do you deal with that Mm -hmm. as an expanding population also just deals with like you know chance and fairness like what does it mean to certain people and like if your view of that is somewhat warped what does that mean for people around you right yeah there's very very common things that if distorted or if seen from a different point of view can become something that's just totally wild that you would never guess right well i think that about wraps up this episode for our whole little superhero talk (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's yeah. pretty pretty lengthy i feel delve into a whole variety of topics between black panther and like the future of the mcu and what black panther meant to the general population as a whole and specific demographics of like black people and those who were impacted by him we talked about like dc and stuff right we haven't yeah. even touched on all the releases coming out just a few so i think we're going to be 
pretty glued to our TVs in the next coming years, hopefully. Some good content. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna... It's gonna be a battle for me to, like... Can I get through school without, like, ruining myself because I just <laughs> watch too much, like, DC and Marvel? Woke up late. What were you doing? <laughs> binge watch the Snyder Cut, then binge watch WandaVision. Then so you binge just watch. have one monitor with your Zoom meeting, the other one with whatever's just come out that day. <laughs> yeah. I'll just minimize my Zoom meeting and just, like, focus on the movies. So record the Zoom like meeting and watch it later. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about does it there. Thank you very much to our good friend Joseph Callum here for coming on the show. Yeah. And talking his two cents about everything superhero related. Especially in today's very superhero driven entertainment world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, superhero is pretty much running. Yeah, you can't escape superhero fandom. Especially not at any point now. Oh, not even close. It's it's the biggest. It's it's the biggest. It's definitely the biggest commercial success. In terms of movies in the last little while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening once again. Um, follow us on Instagram if you want updates and in the future mini clips of the podcast. At The Jungle Podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Actually plugging it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Have a good day. See ya. Bye.